0: Welcome to the Digital Edge with Sharon Nelson and Jim Calloway. Your hosts, both legal technologists, authors, and lecturers invite industry professionals to discuss a new topic related to lawyers and technology. You're listening to Legal Talk
1: Network. Welcome to the 127th edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology. We're glad to have you with us. I'm Sharon Nelson, President of Sensei Enterprises, an information technology, cybersecurity, and digital forensics firm in Fairfax, Virginia.
0: And I'm Jim Callaway, Director of the Oklahoma Bar Association's Management Assistance Program. Today, our topic is Attorney Wellness Addressing the Crisis.
1: Before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsor, Clio. Clio's cloud-based practice management software makes it easy to manage your law firm from intake to invoice. Try it for free at clio.com. That's C L I O.com. Answer 1 is a leading virtual receptionist and answering services provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800 answer the number 1 or online at answer onecom
0: Thanks to our sponsor, Scorpion. Scorpion sets the standard for law firm online marketing with proven campaign strategies to get attorneys better cases from the internet. Partner with Scorpion to get an award-winning website and ROI-positive marketing programs today. Visit scorpionlegal.com slash podcast. Thanks to Serve Now, a nationwide network of trusted pre screen process servers, Work the most professional process servers who have experience with high-volume serves, embrace technology, and understand the litigation process. Visit servenow.com to learn more. We are very pleased to have as our guest, Lynn Heath. Lynn is a partner in the firm of Heath Overby, Verser, and Old PLC, located in Newport News, Virginia. Lynn has extensive experience in trying cases across Virginia in both state and federal courts. He currently serves as president of the Virginia State Bar, and as president, he has promised to focus on lawyer wellness. Thanks for joining us today, Lynn. Thanks for having me, Jim and Sharon. I look forward to the discussion today on this very important topic.
1: Well, the first thing, Len, congratulations on becoming the president of the Virginia State Bar last month.
2: Thank you very much.
1: I heard you say in your wonderful remarks the night you were sworn in that you were going to focus on attorney wellness. Can you tell us why that became such a a personal and primary goal for you?
2: Well, Sharon, I started practicing in 1986 in a firm in Norfolk. And then if you took a snapshot of that firm one year after I started, say 1987, they had 25 attorneys. Now, I left that firm in 1991. If you fast forward to today, of those 25 attorneys in 1987, of those 25, two have committed suicide. And that's 8%. And the folks that have taken their lives were not only excellent lawyers, but they were very good friends. And when those events occurred, everybody was left wondering you know, how that came about, and it shocked everyone. So when you start with you know, a background with those types of statistics, you take these things very, very seriously. So when wellness kind of percolated to the the top of the discussion in the legal community, it was a topic that I wanted to carry the banner
0: on. Lynn, are there some statistics you can share with us about the number of attorneys who self admit that they have problems with alcohol, drugs, or mental illness? Yes. uh, There are actually a number
2: of studies that have come out. The one that's talked about probably the most is one that came out in 2016. It was a study that was... uh, performed by the ABA Commission on Lawyer Assistant Programs and the Hazelton Betty Ford Foundation. And that was a study of nearly 13,000 currently practicing lawyers. And the statistics that came out of that study were pretty eye-popping. Anywhere from 21 to 36% of attorneys fell into a classification of problem drinkers. 28% reported some form of depression. reported some form of anxiety, 23% had elevated stress, and 25% reported elements of work addiction. In addition to that, our profession just has a suicide rate that's out of proportion with the public.
1: It's scary stuff. I'm so glad that the Virginia State Bar is, is taking a look at this and and I know you know that some years ago I wrote an article for the State Bar on lawyers helping lawyers and in the process of interviewing folks who had been through the program I can't tell you how many of them were crying on the phone. I can't tell you how I was dabbing at my eyes. It's really tough what some of these people have been through. So I'm glad we're working to help them. What I'd like to talk about now or have you talk about is how the ABA is managing this issue. What what has it done? What is it doing? And then we'll get back to Virginia.
2: Well, uh, probably first and foremost, after this Study in 2017, in August of last year, a really a landmark report was put out. It's a, the National Task Force on Lawyer Wellbeing, and uh, the subtitle is creating a movement to improve wellbeing in the legal profession, and it is. a a report that really evaluates all aspects of the legal community from people in government, regulators, to private practice, even law schools. And it really is a clarion call for the profession overall to perform a critical self-evaluation of what is going on in the profession. Amazingly, the report I saw a report that said that some of these mental health issues started to arise as early as the second year of law school. So when you hear that, you know, it's something that really gets your attention. Um, in addition to that landmark report, and I think most people by now are familiar with it, at the Vancouver session of the ABA, Resolution 105 was approved, and that resolution supports the goal of reducing mental health and substance use disorders and improving the well-being of lawyers, judges, and law students, and urges stakeholders within the legal profession to consider the recommendations set out in that landmark report. And probably the most important thing that the American Bar Association is doing this at this time is promoting the discussion of wellness and getting the information out. If you go to any of their websites they just have uh, huge libraries of information on, on wellness. And keep in mind, wellness is one of those topics that it's not one-size-fits-all. It impacts people in different ways, and so you know, there are different ways to, to address it. And so, again, the ABA is putting out great information to promote that discussion on wellness.
0: What about the Virginia Supreme Court? Has it also embraced the need to address lawyer wellness?
2: Well, one of the co-authors of the landmark report was our own Chief Justice Lemons. We're very proud of that fact. And he is uh, not only our Chief Justice, but he is a friend and advocate of our profession. Uh, He is someone who really promotes professionalism and at this point taking the lead also on wellness. So it's always good to have that leadership from the top as a part of that he has appointed a special wellness committee that uh, consists of 16 leading attorneys in the state to study wellness initiatives within the Commonwealth of Virginia. And that particular panel is uh, being chaired by Justice William Mims. We expect to have a report out of that committee in the, the next few months, and hopefully we'll have a uh, Good initiatives coming out as a result of that.
0: Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick commercial break.
1: Imagine what you could do with an extra eight hours per week. That's how much time legal professionals save with Clio, the world's leading practice management software. With intuitive time tracking, billing, and matter management, Clio streamlines everything you do to run your practice from intake to invoice. Try Clio for free and get a 10% discount for your first six months when you sign up with the code TDE10. Of course, you can find Clio at clio.com. That's C-L-I-O.com.
0: Feel like your marketing efforts aren't getting you the high-value cases your firm deserves? For over 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours attract new cases and grow their practices. As a Google Premier Partner and winner of Google's Platform Innovator Award, Scorpion has the right resources and technology to market your law firm aggressively and generate better cases from the internet. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast.
1: Welcome back to the Digital Edge on the Legal Talk Network. Today, our subject is Attorney Wellness Addressing the Crisis. And our guest is Len Heath, a partner in the firm of Heath, Overbay, Verser and Old PLC, located in Newport News, Virginia. And Len is also the president of the Virginia State Bar now. Len, why do you think it is that lawyers have so many wellness issues? Or maybe to put it another way, is practicing law bad for your health? <laughs>
2: Well, it's an interesting question. And I guess the answer is it can be. The problem that we have right now is that we don't really fully understand the issue. And that's why the discussion the education is so important. And I use two analogies when I'm talking about this particular topic. The first is the NFL. For years, we watched players in the NFL play hard football. And the best plays were considered those that were hard hitting and bell ringers. And we gave, you know, great applause to people who would stay in the game. And then we discovered this little thing called chronic traumatic encephalopathy, CTE. And with that, we then understood, well, wait a second, repeated blows to the head is not a good thing and as a result the NFL has changed some of its rules and we're studying how to make the game as as safe as possible the other analogy i use it, it comes from my own experience and that of roofing my father is fond of saying he put me on the roof young and made a good lawyer out of me because he, he was a roofer Well, he did put me on the roof young, and when I worked with him when I was in my teens, the first thing that he did, or any of the employees there that were working with me, they would teach me the safety aspects of it. So I learned how to set up a letter correctly, how to climb it correctly, how to get off of it correctly, how to get down from it correctly. Any piece of equipment that I used, I was taught safety features and how to use it and how not to use it. Compare that with law. Once, People graduate from law school and they pass the bar exam, we pretty much say, have at it. And we don't explain to them the problems that can arise with our own practice. And I can get to some of those details a little bit more detail uh, as we move forward.
0: Lynn, we'll have people throughout the United States listen to this podcast, and many of them are very interested in what Virginia has done To date on the issues of wellness. So, can you tell us where you are today?
2: Sure, can. Our June Bar Council, and we're governed by a Bar Council. Of 81 attorneys, that is our Congress in Virginia of, of lawyers. And in June, our Bar Council adopted a proposed revision to Rule 1.1, actually to the comments of Rule 1.1 on competence, that basically says a lawyer's mental and emotional and physical well being impacts the lawyer's ability to represent clients and to make responsible choices in the practice of law. It's in the comments, it's not in the rules, so it's something that's advisory and it's not something that lawyers can be disciplined on. In addition, in our disciplinary process, acknowledging that some lawyers do have mental health issues and trying to help them, we've changed some of our rules or at least made recommendations to the Supreme Court to change some of the rules. One of the rule changes is to allow our bar counsel, that's the attorneys representing the Virginia State Bar, to make an informal referral to our lawyer assistance program and share information deemed confidential so that that referral can be made. Before that change was made, our bar council could not do that. So we're trying to find other avenues of assisting impaired lawyers as opposed to just punishing them. And in addition, we made another recommendation, as far as disciplinary process is concerned, that allows attorneys to, instead of being prosecuted for an impairment or in violation, to close the case in an impairment proceeding by transferring voluntarily over to our disabled and retired class. In other words, if you've had a lawyer who's practiced for 40 years and all of a sudden he starts suffering from Alzheimer's or she, and this is a way that they can elect to go ahead and and basically take an early retirement given that disability.
1: Well, the obvious follow-up question, I think, and the one that listeners really want to hear about is, so where is Virginia going from here? Have we got a game plan for the future?
2: Well, we do. And part of that hinges, again, on Justice Mims's committee and what will be coming out of that. I can tell you that we've got a lot of good ideas. Unfortunately, right now that's not fit for or subject to publication yet, but I can tell you that the court has taken the lead on getting out the wellness message. Uh, for example, this morning I got an email where the chief justice has asked that I attend a, a course at one of our state law schools to, again, teach on wellness. Well, we'll be talking later on this week at our own disciplinary conference where I'll be speaking with Justice Mems on wellness. So, you know, education really is where we're pushing that right now. And there will be some other substantive changes, I suspect, coming out of that committee uh, report.
0: How are your efforts in Virginia being funded, Lynn? Money is always a problem, even for good causes.
2: Well, there are two aspects of what we're doing with regard to wellness. Number one is education. And as an example of my acceptance speech when I was sworn in, afterwards I had a spouse come up to me and she said, I've been married to my husband for 25 years, he's been practicing that entire time, and thank goodness somebody is finally talking about this. And so education is key, and fortunately with our CLE industry, particularly here in Virginia, that kind of takes on its own effort. We don't really have to fund that. The other part of the wellness initiative is with regard to impaired lawyers, and keep in mind, the wellness initiative is not just about impaired lawyers. It's about much more than that. That's that critical self-evaluation of the profession. But when we talk about impaired lawyers, we're talking about the need to properly fund co uh, COLAP type programs. And here in Virginia, we use lawyers helping lawyers. And so we are looking at ways of funding that we are a mandatory bar and so we are always mindful of dues and expenses, but that is right now a top priority to get more money to lawyers, helping lawyers uh,
0: in a number of different ways. Before we move on to our last segment, let's take a quick commercial break.
1: Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter Answer One virtual receptionist. They're more than just an answering service. Answer One is available 24-7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 1-800-ANSWER-ONE or visit them at answerone.com forward slash podcast for a special
0: offer. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the country. Connect your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and the rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit ServeNow.com.
1: Welcome back to the Digital Edge on the Legal Talk Network. Today, our subject is attorney wellness, addressing the crisis. And our guest is Lynn Heath, a partner in the firm of Heath, Overby, Verser, and Old PLC, located in Newport News, Virginia. Len, there's been some talk, and I know some, some work done, saying that wellness issues should be receiving CLE credit. Can you tell us where that initiative stands now and what the rationale is for giving CLE credit for wellness courses?
2: Well, in Virginia, we always look to see if the topic is one that either is a recognized legal topic or a topic that integrally relates to the practice of law and that's that's a standard that's used in most states and At this point, and and I can speak with some authority because I just rolled off as the chair of our MCLE board, I can tell you in Virginia, we embrace wellness topics for CLE credit. We have given credit for the topic for a number of years as a result of the wellness report that came out in August of last year, the MCLE board rewrote our opinion dealing with wellness to make it abundantly clear that we will give credit for the topic. So before that amendment, the opinion was, I think, about a third of a page long, and now it's about two pages long, listing all of the things we will give credit for.
0: Lynn, I know you only president of the Virginia State Bar for one year. And from talking to other bar presidents, that moves like a pretty fast year. What do you hope to accomplish on wellness in your year? And what do you see that will probably remain to be done after your year in office?
2: Well, two things. Again, one is to be out there with the chief justice, promoting the discussion of the topic and making people, and when I say people, not just lawyers, but significant others, spouses, law students, law professors aware of this particular topic. The other thing that I am very interested in is I want to drill down to why and a lot of discussions you hear top you know discussions about well there's anxiety and depression well a lot of things cause anxiety and depression but why why are these things popping up so i put together what i've i call a matrix of occupational risk to lawyer well-being And I did it just to kind of get my thoughts in order, but now the more I do it, the more I realize that it really is a a very viable project we need to look into, and, and I will be doing this during my year. I've come up with 20 different characteristics of things, and each characteristic causes a different type of condition and is treated differently, and let me, let me give you an, a couple of examples. We all know most lawyers work long hours. We also work unusual hours. We also manage problems of others. Those are three real easy things, but then there are things that are not quite so obvious. One is the sedentary nature of work, and now we're finding studies that indicate that if you just move around a little bit during the day, your health gets better. The mere fact that we work indoors, most people think, well, that not that a good thing? Well, it is, unless you have this thing called seasonal affective disorder, which I do, which means that in January or February, I become the world's biggest grump. And that causes, <laughs> that, that causes depression and anxiety. But instead of treating it with medication or counseling, fortunately, I have a, a very wonderful wife who spotted it early and sent me to the doctor and got a diagnosis for me. The treatment is that you get plenty of exercise, you get out on sunny days, and you take plenty of vitamin D. So that's, that's a prime example of understanding the risk and then knowing how to treat it. And I'll throw out one other example that is getting a lot of discussion these days and I would not heard of it before and it's it's a concept called vicarious trauma and that is where you're exposed to some of the worst things in the world and you're expected that you know it's not going to impact you as lawyers were told to be objective and to stay distant and not to soak things in but we're all human sponges we we all take in things and so we have folks like prosecutors and defense attorneys and judges who are seeing the worst side of society, and particularly gang violence, where horrifically bad crimes are being committed as part of initiation. And to prove part of the initiation, it has to be videotaped. And, you know, it's amazing that people will do these cruel things, but it just is mind-boggling that they'll record it. And we have these lawyers who are having to sit there and watch it. And so once you have that, then You know, this vicarious trauma comes into play. And we're finding that there are ways of coping with that and helping others. As an example, I heard one judge say, we used to assign all those cases to one judge. Well, that was horrifically bad for that one judge. And then they decided to start sharing it. And what that did was, one, it took some of the emotional load off of that one judge. The other thing it did is it gave all of the judges something in common so that they could talk about it. And deal with it as a group. So that's, and again, on my matrix, I have 20 different characteristics and what, what I want to do, and we will be putting together a committee to start studying this, is to identify those characteristics. And I've got three columns. What's the occupational risk? The second what are the primary effects? And the third column is What's the remediation, treatment, or cure? And that third column is what I really want to build so that lawyers can go and take a look at this and say, okay, here's a problem. How do I handle it? How do I spot it? Again, it's the vast majority of the wellness initiative is about education and letting lawyers know the risks involved in the the practice of law. And I think that it is a very important topic for us as a profession to be talking about at this time. Well, I
1: think you couldn't be more right, Lynn. It's a very important topic, and certainly we've all seen... Some of our colleagues have difficulties, and we all want to try to help them as much as we can. I don't think I've ever asked uh, or thanked a a guest who calls himself a grump, even if it's only a seasonal grump, (laughs) but but I do thank you for being our guest today. Your your passion certainly inspired me personally, and I know it's inspired many Virginia lawyers as you go around the state, speaking to them about this very important topic. I know you're very busy, so thank you for taking the time to talk to us today, Len.
2: All right. Thanks, Sharon. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate the opportunity.
1: And that does it for this edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology. And remember, you can subscribe to all of the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoyed our podcast, please rate us in Apple Podcasts.
0: Thanks for joining us.